0: Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast, and thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Last week, we focused on barriers to change, denial, rationalization, and blame. We also ended the episode with thinking of change as opportunity. Today we focus on how our team went through a change process to transform a higher education certification program, Teacher Ready. Teacher Ready is an online self-paced and competency-based teacher certification program. We enroll students who have a bachelor's degree and a passion for teaching. Our students are second career professionals, recent graduates and military personnel. We started the Teacher Ready program in 2002. At that time, the program was considered innovative. We've stayed true to continuously making radical updates throughout the years to meet students where they are. We enroll students every day and have created an advising and instructor model to support students to achieve their goals to complete the program and gain a professional teaching license. Today, I welcome someone on our team to the show, Dr. Julie Councilman. Dr. Kunselman has been instrumental in helping us review significant data and research as we've revolutionized the Teacher Ready program. So you're gonna hear more from her today than me. I'm simply gonna ask the questions and <laughs> she's gonna provide the responses. She's a great expert for us and I look forward to welcoming Julie to our show. Welcome, Julie. Thanks, Janet. So several years ago, Julie, we shifted from a you know, four times a year cohort model enrolling a group of students four times a year to daily continuous enrollment model so let's start with what information led us to shift from a certain number of cohorts a year to daily continuous enrollment because that's a big deal I mean moving from a cohort model to enroll students every day you know that's a big deal so what led us to that
1: our decision to transition from enrolling a fixed number of cohorts per year to daily continuous enrollment was one that grew out of several factors in overtime. You know, the overtime factor may not have felt like it was uh, to those of us who were planning and implementing, but the incremental change or shift really began in the early years of teacher ready, led by an increase in inquiries beyond our local school districts. This meant adding a second cohort and then a third, and then a fourth cohort. The four-cohort model served us well for many years, and while it remained viable, this model was limiting to our purpose for teacher ready. That every day we provide life opportunities for K-12 students by preparing effective educators, as well as limiting to those prospective teacher candidates, our students who were searching for purpose in the teaching profession. In essence, we weren't meeting them where they were. Mm -hmm. Specifically, the cohort enrollment model did not allow for meeting potential candidate uh, needs or current teacher candidate needs of every day. So while our team knew this both intuitively or anecdotally, it drove us to look further into our data on the life cycle of our students. From inquiries and leads to applications to enrollment, retention, persistence, and progression, as well as to completion. Looking at the data in this way from the lens of the student life cycle allowed us to see opportunities to improve really all areas of our program, including that shift to continuous enrollment. So while we were experiencing with the data at the beginning of the cycle or the, the top of that enrollment funnels with increased inquiries about the program, that drove a lot. Um, of our decision-making, but really some other areas of data across the life cycle, especially persistence and progression data, also informed our decision. Of course, what's important here, however, is not necessarily the number, and as a mathematician Mm -hmm. that pains me greatly to say. (laughs) Um, But what the number helped us do is circle back to the why of these differences. And one of which was specifically related to the cohort enrollment model, and that's the model's lack of fluidity to allow students to enroll and get started in the first lesson, and then subsequent lessons once they met all requirements in the previous lessons.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, as I, you know, hear, you know, just for some of our listeners, you know, we're saying terms like persistence and retention and progression. And, you know, really what we're talking about, we've all been in college before or in school or in some type of education. And persist means that when we go somewhere to learn, we want to stay there and we want to continue. And so I think what, you know, what's very significant to us is what I hear you say, Julie, is what's significant to us is that when students have a passion to come into the program and they want to achieve a goal, which is what the Teacher-Ready Program allows them to do, it's kind of our responsibility to help them persist to continue through that program in a way that they can achieve that goal. And so what, what, what we weren't able to do, what I think I hear you say, is what we weren't able to do with that cohort model is we weren't able to really meet students where they were and their needs. You know, so um, what Julie really helps us do, as you can see, is look deep down in the data and let that data help inform us on decisions that we make so that we're making sure we meet their needs. So let's talk a little bit then, you know, why self-paced? You know, so we, I mean, you know, shouldn't we like shouldn't students come in and have a schedule and you know we we punish them if they don't do things on time you know why self-paced julie
1: well there were really three data-driven reasons we moved to the self-paced approach Uh, the main one was the increasing number of enrolled candidates who were current teachers of record this meant that they were teaching in their own classrooms on an emergency or temporary teaching certificate and we're seeking to earn a professional teaching certificate. These candidates now make up about one-half of our current enrollment.
0: Yeah, and so let me stop you there for a few minutes. So what we're talking about then is that, there, that because there's a teacher shortage, that teachers are being hired without a certificate, right? That's right. And so they're coming in and basically they're coming in in the classroom but without an education, Right. And so, how did then what you're telling us then is how does that self paced approach really help them? So,
1: because their current position really allows them to begin as soon as they wanted, and once started, they really have a, an opportunity to move more quickly to meet field placement and lesson assignment competencies, they could finish some of the requirements in one half the time it could take other candidates or other, other teacher candidates who were employed in other fields. So our data showed this, but the cohort enrollment model lacked the fluidity to allow these candidates to enroll first and then get started in the next lesson. So some of these folks would sit uh, waiting for the next lesson to begin yeah. or the next cohort to begin, sometimes, you know, one to three months And then sometimes as they were already enrolled, it it could be 10 days or it could be, you know, 20 days until the next lesson started. So as our enrollment model shifted, it allowed us the opportunity to also shift to a student-driven, self-paced approach. So the goal was really to build efficiencies and persistence and progression for these candidates who were currently teaching.
0: Yeah, that's good. So just really, again, meeting them where they are. Mm -hmm. uh, They had needs and they were waiting on us to f- fulfill those needs and so we said you know what we're not going to do that we're going to basically go where they are mm-hmm. um, so what did we learn about students so then hell you know, here's the here's the million dollar question so how'd they do <laughs> with yeah.
1: self-paced well so unlike the movie even if we build the self-paced student-driven <laughs> model didn't mean they would come right so, as we continued to look at the persistence and progression data, we found that within lessons, the time to completion remained about the same. You know, we had, did have some outliers, so there were some faster and, and some slower, but on average, the shift to self-paced did not accelerate overall individual lesson completion as we had thought. What we did find, however, is that those that did persist faster within the lesson, again, these outliers also progressed through the program at similar rates. For all of the other students, they really fit into three groups. One was no difference in persistence and progression rates, so they just continued as is. Mm -hmm. A second group had a negative impact on persistence, but not on progression. And then a third group had a negative impact, the self-paced, had a negative impact on both. And so we found enough candidates in these second two groups, the negative impact on persistence and or progression, that we had to revisit the self, what self-paced meant. Again, returning to the life cycle of the student and our team's actions and communication at various points. Now you might say, well, it worked for the outlier students who were accelerated yeah. and for the group that continued to persist and progress at the same rate. Absolutely, right? Yeah but as we looked further into it kind of the big picture is it wasn't necessarily the self-paced that was part of their success in in assisting them it was instead the continuous enrollment model that assisted them so once they completed a lesson
0: they could move the same day or the next day into the next lesson yeah so you know just thinking about thinking back on Um, what we talked about with the data denial and blame (laughs) and rationalization when we looked at all that data we could have just stopped because we could have said all the things we thought were going to come true because of pace didn't come true as true as we thought they would but there were some things that became extremely significant to us you know that we knew we needed to continue so let's talk just a few minutes about so how does this model change the way our faculty teach? You know, they're accustomed to coming in, they've got their time slot in terms of when they teach, and students show up and leave, and the same students. So, you know, how did it change that?
1: So I know you've asked about um, how the model changed our instruction, but I also want to just capture, too, that the continuous enrollment model really impacted the roles of everyone on our team. Before, during, and after the transition to the continuous enrollment model, I'm not sure that I or any one of us really knew the true impact to our daily actions, to our data needs, to our technology systems, to our processes, to how we communicated with each other and to our students, and to how we advise, and to how we taught. Our core team was all in. They were instrumental in the transition success And as we continue down the road, implementing and visioning with even greater program-wide view than what we started, I really can't thank them enough for their commitment during that time and their commitment remains. So as we uh, transitioned to the model, um, we were also in the midst of pretty major revisions in the format we were using to deliver our content in our online learning system. So it really gave us an opportunity to begin both transitions, piloting with our best instructors. As such, the faculty really helped us identify communication and process needs prior to the implementation. For example, one basic question was, how will I know a new student is enrolled in my lesson um, if there's a potential to be enrolled daily? Other questions focused on, at that time, the self-paced model and persistence of the student. I would say that our team's commitment to train and support these faculty and our selection of the best faculty with the encouragement of them to provide feedback was really instrumental in assisting and supporting students to be successful during this time. In addition to being present for students' content-related questions, faculty committed to providing feedback on assignments within 24 hours of receipt to welcoming new students upon entry to their classes, and to participate in quarterly training sessions with our faculty coach leader. And now we're at year four, and we have an even more robust structure of team supports for our faculty, and faculty have extended their support of students to an advising role as well, partnering with our core team about students who may be struggling to persist, as well as highlighting some of our rock star students.
0: Yeah, so what we hear is that, you know, not everyone could go down this path. And so as we transform and revolutionize the way we do things, we're having to select the right people on the bus who really have the opportunity to move in a new direction with us. And some people just don't want to do that, and that's fine. They can make different choices, but basically, you know, it was the individual faculty to, who also worked with us and really had a great opportunity um, to, to connect there. So, um, so I want to just take a few minutes and... You know, let's go to results. You know, our enrollment has continued to increase. We continue to work on keeping students in our program and we have on average over an eighty percent retention rate in our program. But let's just conclude today with talking about how are our students doing. So in other mm-hmm. words, in order to in order to achieve the results that we need and they need, they have to pass the state test. So let's look at the quality you know so people say okay you're doing all this stuff but do you have quality Mm -hmm. and we look at quality by student success so we end today just telling us about how successful our students so you talked about
1: the the certification exams. So in Florida, they're the the FTCEs. And our teacher ready students score in the top five. Um, These are this year's numbers scored in the top five of all content areas, um, language arts, reading, math, social sciences for elementary education. Our teacher ready students scored in the top five for English 6 to 12 we scored the highest for 6 to 12 mathematics and we scored the highest
0: for 5 to 9 mathematics. That's great. So I think what we're talking about here is when we revolutionize a program, when we go in and truly transform the work that we do every day, we're looking at processes and systems that we have to change, we have to bring people along and at the end of the day we have to make great impact on those that we serve and I think after four years of this change, as you mentioned, you know we can look back and say you know we've made a heck of a difference heck of a difference and we're doing probably things in higher ed with different teaching models and instructional models that are that very few across the country are doing. I just want to thank you for the work that you've done you know to help us really look at the data, work with our team to really make sure that we're making the right decisions. So thank you for sharing those real experiences with us for transformational change. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. As with any organization, we had to work through the barriers, as you could see, or change to build this program. Shoot, we denied, rationalized, and blamed a time or two, I'm sure. Um, Why did we push through these barriers? Because at the end of the day, we created a learning opportunity for people to achieve a goal, Of becoming a teacher because that's what they wanted we met our students where they were rather than what was most convenient for us to do but this week let's think about our work not just the the higher education piece but think about your work Are, are we meeting people where we serve them where they are what would it take to revolutionize a standard practice and serve others There's nothing more important than ensuring that our children and young people have access to the best education to prepare them for a successful life. And we're grateful for contributing to this awesome responsibility by giving professionals all over the world an opportunity to become a teacher. That's what transformational change was all about to us. What's your transformational change? Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you next week as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.